Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's good, Internet? It is January 23rd, 2017. I'm Austin Walker coming to you, not live, coming to you on tape, fresh to tape, <laughs> in, I don't know what we're going to call this place. Like, right now, it's the just library? like... The library? The library? It does kind of look like a, li- like a study room. It's going to be a library. The study? This, this looks like a study room in a library. Yeah. Like a campus library. Yeah. It kind of looks like a... A I, campus. Yeah, this is bad. We're not going <laughs> to... We're in the studio in production. We're in a room that has too much glass in it, which is why I'm a little echoey. And then it's also too tall, and there's no sound baffling it. There's like one wall... But of, it's our room. But it's our... Well... That's, well sort mm, of... Mm, it's, it's like 75% mm, our room. It's like a timeshare. We okay. got like a timeshare yeah. on the studio um, where we get it like sometimes, which is going to be more than the last play at the Brick House. I like yeah. the Brick House. We're, Shout we're out to the Brick House. We're in the Brick, brick house, house for like six hours a week. Right, exactly. So, and that was... Know. We have to use that very tightly. Whereas this, we're going to have it for at least six and a half hours per week. Right, yeah. Uh, joining me, as always, Danielle Riendo here Hi. in the, the empty library the campus. campus reading campus room. Campus for now. I don't know. We'll uh, figure it out. Patrick Klepik also joining me from Chicago. Hey, we made it. We did it. We, we Yeah, we sure we fucking did. It. I mean that like in the broadest sense possible. Me too. We Yep, me too. In fact, Danielle, you were at a, a march this weekend. Yes, I was at the New York City march, so I was in Midtown. Uh, it was pretty bananas at first, because I don't think they were expecting as many people as showed up. So you were right. in, like, a human pen for a while, but then once things opened up, they actually opened up Fifth Avenue and, like, shut down Midtown, and it was amazing to march, like, down Fifth Avenue with... Uh, just the incredible, incredible diversity of humanity that was there. There were a lot of little kids, which was super, super wonderful. And there were a lot of older people, which made me so happy. A lot of older women who, you know, hearing snippets of conversation. I actually forgot my phone, so I was marching right. by myself. You know, not by myself, right, right. with these, you know, You're all almost a million people. <laughs> yeah, he went to a right. different part of the city. All alone. And was like, I'm doing my own march. <laughs> yeah. I was marching in Soho. Yeah, no. There were a lot of older women who were talking about being in marches in the 60s and 70s and being like, we're here again. Like, it was right. really inspiring to be around, like, older ladies. Who's, who like, done this, this shit. I mean, that's the thing I thought about a yeah. lot over the last couple of weeks is, like, and especially over the last, especially over the weekend, was that America has a history of protest yes. and of resistance, and and a lot of that has unfortunately not happened in our lifetimes, right? That like you go back to the, the you go back to the seventies, basically. Yeah, you go back to the seventies, exactly to the last thing that people like were in the Occupy streets. Wall Street is not you know that's right. what people think is protest in the modern age, and that is not, which is frustrating in some ways because because there was something at the heart of Occupy that was like really powerful um, and it just didn't organize in the way that it did here. And there's all sorts of really interesting conversations to be had about why this was was felt more organized and more peaceful and less didn't have the, the same sort of aggressive police presence. There's all sorts of really interesting conversations that we probably don't have the time to get into no. today. Um, That's for the next politics cast. That's the next politics yeah. cast. Yeah. But I'm really excited. I was really happy with the turnout at the very yeah. least. Oh, and, yeah. and in general, like I think 
everyone I know is in a slightly more optimistic mood. I don't like maybe just seeing a Nazi get punched. Was, yeah. people. What it made me feel good about was like it's nice to know there are ways. Yes. Like even in the darkness to find like a way that like feels like it gives you a flashlight going forward. Yeah. And so it's like even when things get bad, it's like remember what that was like because we're right. probably gonna have to do that a bunch. A bunch. And that's the thing. That's <laughs> the thing I hope happens. Right. Yeah. Is that like. Like in the 70s, like in the 60s, protest can't be like – it's not like voting for a president. You can't bring that thing up. Just, you can't bring that like, oh, once every four years we're going to show up. Like, no, like we need you guys to keep – if yeah. you're interested in any, anything political, you have to maintain activity. It's like there. a subway punch card. Like right. you can't – you got to show up a bunch of times to get the gift at the end. You can't exactly. do it once. Thank you. You need your nice. five sandwiches. <laughs> That's what it is. You need to get all five. Finally, you've broken down protest into a consumer analogy <laughs> that we can understand in these times. So are like Jimmy John's, Chipotle? I don't Jimmy, know. Pick yep, your yep, fast food fun. restaurant yes. of choice. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. Pick your political spectrum wherever you're at in the political spectrum, whether you're a Subway person or a Jimmy John's person <laughs> or maybe you're a Pizza Hut. Maybe you want to book it. I want to book it. Yeah, That's, book it. It was great. That's what I want. For, I so I'm going to keep reading Read your books. Book, eat your get pizza. My, get my sticker. Get my free personal pan pizza. In this case, personal pan pizza is uh, as an analogy for health care. ironic because if I keep eating personal pan pizzas, I'm going to need some health care. You're going to need extra health care. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this weekend was it was very helpful. I, I marched uh, on Saturday, and then I was on my ambulance on Sunday, and it was like a thing where it was like, okay, there, there can be good things in this yeah. world. Glad- I was feeling pretty bad before this weekend. I'm not going to lie. Being on the ambulance really helped. That's, it really I, did. I appreciate it. That's it really a good, did. We need more people like you, Danielle. <laughs> uh, Patrick, speaking of flashlights in the dark, looking forward. Wow. You, wow. You played Resident Evil 7. I finished Resident Evil Seven. You did, oh, awesome. What do yeah. you think? Uh, it's it's tr- tremendous. I was I've never been more nervous putting in a video game in, in like a long time. There are very few yeah. franchises that like sort of mean something to me. But Resident, I mean, like the only video game poster I have in my house is of the original Resident Evil for like uh, one of the original posters for that game when it came out on the PlayStation back in 1996, and it just defined a lot of like my youth and my taste sure. and. Like, my interest in horror movies going forward, like, a lot of that is, like, traced back directly to Resident Evil. And that series just got so bad over yeah. the years and so <laughs> yep. up its own ass and so yep. convoluted. And Did you ever fuck with, like, the Resident Evil Revelations games, which I heard were okay? Yeah, the last one wasn't that bad, but it's, like, right. that's it's convincing yourself in, like, a sea of, like, a swamp that, like, right. oh, like, there's what this one dry spot and I'll just come hang out over there and, like, <laughs> it's okay. And pretend I'm not in a swamp, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you are. And, and, that, and that series, like, what they've done, you know, it actually follows, a, the Resident Evil games follow a trajectory that's actually similar to uh, other horror narratives it's like once uh like the first one is interesting because it's all mystery it's all suspense it's all like a re- like reveals but then as something like that goes on horror films tend to uh tilt towards the absurd and tilt towards action in the same way that the resident evil games did but what resident right. evil did was every once in a while it was sort of uh, revolutionary in terms of how it even approached that stuff so resident evil 2 was sort of like the, you know the aliens to alien uh from resident evil to resident evil 2 then uh, Resident Evil 4, you know, like completely reinvents what we expect right. from an action game. Um, and then it kept going down that path, 4, 5, 6. And I know 5 has its defenders. That can be part of my Resident Evil cast where I yell at people about Resident <laughs> Evil 5. I, yep. It's not terrible. Re- Res- that's a low bar. Um, <laughs> it's a great co-op game. That's like the one thing I'll give yeah. Resident mm-hmm. Evil 5. It's fun. Uh, Resident Evil 6 is just out 30, 30 hours 
of just like 30 hours. Like, I played all. I, once I got 10 hours in, I said, I need to go all the way. I have to see how this ends. I have a terrible habit of doing that, but I did. Was it worth it for you? Was no, it worth it? That, no. Definitely not. But I can say I did it, so no one's allowed to come to me and be like, yo, right. like the 28th hour of Resident Evil 6 is where finally it all makes sense. It doesn't? Does that no, not happen? It doesn't make sense. Huh. Uh, and what Resident Evil 7 does is it's it technically takes place after the first six games, but for folks that maybe fell off the track of Resident Evil, for folks that got like me got so fed up with the convoluted mythology, uh, it's a clean break. It okay. It is set after the sixth game, but no returning there, characters, no, there, no similar oh, settings. Really? So there's no surprises for old. Or there are there little hints. There are for, Easter like eggs. Little, like it, it acknowledges right. like like the history that it is from, and uh, like the Raccoon City incident happened. That's a thing that happened in the past. Yeah, like I'm cautious for like people that are, yes. okay. are fans. Yeah, I like want to. I don't want to go anywhere near like what it does touch on. But like I just want to make the point that like. From a gameplay perspective and from a narrative perspective, they just said, look, we're not going to pretend this other stuff didn't come before, but we're going right. to do our best to set it in a place that allows us to kind of ignore that. And they do that by putting you in the middle of a house in Louisiana uh, mm-hmm. that is separate from everything else. They turn it first person. Um, they embraced VR. And what they do is they uh, – what I loved about Resident Evil 1 was the sense of isolation. Like you truly felt alone yeah. in this weird mansion where you didn't know where things were going on. Um, you had very little to grasp onto. Like the reason it was called survival horror was because for large parts of that game, you really didn't have enough bullets to feel safe. You constantly felt on edge. And for at least the first half of this game, they completely 100% recapture all of that. Uh, which is which is like uh, – it's amazing to me that they did that and also that your response is really positive. Not because it's undoable but because there have actually been a rise in those sorts of – that sort of gameplay design bounced back in the independent horror game community over the last like five years. Yeah. There have been a lot of games in which you're under-equipped and – uh, you know, uh, assaulted and running and fearful and you don't have weapons or you don't have enough weapons, you don't have enough ammo. Like, that's become a hallmark of a certain sort of horror game design. So it's cool to see that they then went back to it. It doesn't just feel like they're biting that style, but they were, like, returning to their home. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's interesting because, you know, there are, like, a couple pivot points in horror design of, like, the last 10 years. Like, Amnesia, uh, The Dark Descent was a big one, which says, hey, let's take away weapons, and it's just, it's about the atmosphere. It's about surviving without access to to weapons in order to to survive. And then Alien Isolation is sort of, like, right. the, the pinnacle of, like, of that. It's, like, it's taken from the independent space and, like, brought with, like, all the spectacle of, of AAA. And that game has its own problems, but I think it, like, sort of puts a pin on, like, where to take that one particular idea, like, uh, sort of all the way through. Um, And then there has been this conversation once, like, that game arrived, like, well, maybe guns are cool, guys. Like, maybe it's, maybe we took this too far. And uh, that's sort of what uh, Resident Evil 7 does, is says, look, like, just the existence of your ability to fight back against what's around you doesn't necessarily negate the game of tension, and they do a really fantastic job in the first half of, like, really ringing that out, of making you, like... Like you're, I'm wandering around where like I'm using the VR helmet to 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 look around corners so that I can like try and get a sense of what's ahead. I'm running away from enemies and not fighting them. I'm shutting doors so that I don't have to to take them on. Did you pretty much only play on in VR? I did a mixture when I first got the game. Uh, you know, I play a lot. Of, uh, my wife is also deeply into horror, so I at least wanted her to see what the game was. Um, right. And so we, I played the opening hours um in uh, regular uh with, without uh vr and what's striking about that is the game is such a high fidelity like it's not quite pt level you know where you've got one hallway that has like an ultra like this this immaculate detail but resident evil 7 is just a gorgeous 
like gothic uh, looking game. And when you put on the the uh, VR headset, you lose a lot of that. Now you trade that for for being able to look around corners, yeah, and being able to look around corners for the the immersion, the three D. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like it's the trade off is absolutely worth it. But when I would go back to the other way and watching it on a standard screen, I would it would bum me out a little bit because I'd be reminded of what I was missing. But I, I think the trade off is totally worth it. And I think there's also reason to think. You know, as VR sets get better, that like right, you know, sure. a, a couple evolutions of this on the PC side, you're going to be able to get that one to one in a way that would be pretty incredible. Is this the first like big substantial VR joint? Like, is this has there been something that's like, oh yeah, I can play this whole thing through? It's a it's either in VR or not, and both are compelling but also distinct like this. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, I so to kind of like. That's what I'm my, saying is, is this the killer app for VR? <laughs> put it up, I mean, I would say like, if you're on the fence, like if you were thinking about it, and if this game has any sort of appeal to you, the VR is the way to play it. Like, I, I, it's not saying it's not going to be enjoyable on Xbox One and PC. Although I presume that PC modders will very quickly patch in VR support, even if that's not officially included by uh, Capcom at the start. But it is, it is the way to play the game like if you can if you can wait like it's not a game that's going to get spoiled for you like there's right. not there's not some big twist or pivot um you know there are revelations you know they're you know they explain things as stuff goes on but there's nothing about this that like will be spoiled six months from now if for some reason you can find a way to sit on it and and play right. it in virtual reality because uh i think it is better that way what's weird about it though is so the demo i'm not sure if either of you played the demo kitchen um, the uh, kitchen or the other demo? did you play it in vr yes um and so when they it made me incredibly nauseous to the point that I almost couldn't finish the demo. Was that the case for you, Danielle? Weirdly, no. Uh, and that's I feel like you were an outlier because I've I've definitely gotten nauseated mm-hmm. in VR before. But this, for whatever reason, maybe because I when I play horror games, I like stand in place a lot and like just sort of very slowly look around. I get very very paranoid. It might be that I'm a weirdo, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, what's but, yeah. What's interesting is that uh, I've had no experience with VR sickness whatsoever. Like it's never been a thing for me. I've I've you know, it's just never been something that's like been an obstacle for me with the technology. But the Resident Evil Seven demo, like I couldn't. I I almost had to tell the uh, when I played at E3 last year. I had to almost tell them like, hey, take it off. Like I can't get through this. There's something. On your yeah. There's yeah. something yeah. about the way it handles movement that just immediately set my stomach off um and so when you play resident evil 7 in vr uh immediately the way they they clearly there was a big pushback against the 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 vr because there was a lot a lot of folks were getting sick that weren't getting sick in other vr things it was a pretty obvious trend in a lot of folks that were playing the game um so by default when you uh put on a vr headset the game doesn't actually have you move so you move forward and backwards in real time um with uh and with you like can, uh, analog sticks yeah with the analog sticks you can go okay. you go forward and go backward just fine um you can look around obviously but to shift left or right um by default it happens at 30 degree intervals so it doesn't happen in real time oh, so it, it, it essentially snaps you um 30 degrees uh, left and right now you can go in to the options menu and turn that off you can make it you know real time so that you're you're slowly one, shifting one, left and right. A, right, um, right. As soon as I did that, immediate, immediate nausea. Um, huh. uh, it came, it came back. So they, they didn't actually change anything in how they're, or at least it's not clear that they changed anything in how they're displaying the game or how they were handling movement. Um, they instead right. just found a solution that gets so, rid of of you doing the shifting to left to right 
Because um, what's happening is like so you're saying when you snaps you when you say it's, it's, it moves you thirty degrees is it, is it like in a snap it's or instantaneous it like, it's like it's like okay. you're shifting to a different scene in an adventure game like you're like wow snap 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 it's it's really bizarre at first but you huh. get over it it's it's actually only a problem when you're uh, sort of facing like multiple enemies or a boss right. where you need to be like right. running around a lot and it's kind of frustrating to to line things up but by and large I got I got over it pretty uh, quickly and I'm gonna be curious if modders find a way to find a more to <laughs> better smooth that because, out because yeah. it's not the ideal way to play the game i wish i had been able to move things in real time um and have full control over the character but uh i didn't really end up uh and you can actually make the degrees uh um uh, steeper. Ask, so yeah, yeah so, so you I can make, make it 20 30 degrees 40, 40 degrees. degrees i don't think right. you can get more granular than that um but if, if your 30 degrees isn't enough you can make it uh 40 um which is interesting. It's interesting that that is what yeah, eliminates nausea. Like, it, having it snap. It almost sounds, like, counterintuitive in terms of, like, I think, like, oh, snapping sounds almost like, oh, God, okay, now yeah. barf. But it's, well, it sounds I, like they found some kind of solution. A lot of my, my occasional VR sickness has been around feeling, my, my head thinking that there should be motion in mm-hmm. my body where there isn't any. And I could see if it's just too smooth and too convincing in that way, having it move slowly and, and actually pivot could totally fuck could you help. up that way. Yeah. And we're like, no, or, or doing or it, make it, whereas worse, doing yeah. it fast, like your my brain is able, this is a complete conjecture, but is able to be like, okay, this is, this is um, artifice. Someone built this. This is, I'm not looking at real life. Right. I'm looking at pretend. Yeah. My brain is fun. My brain gets that. My body doesn't expect motion, you know? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. It's weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the solution that worked for me, and like I said, I, I played it for about five minutes and thought, well, this is fucked. Like, this is not how right, I want to play the game. Right, right. Um, but I got over it really quickly, and also, again, like, it was a form of compromise where the, the, the immersion of being in the game, putting on headphones, yeah. and, like, just being in that space with the VR headset just was really unlike anything else I've played, and uh, it was to the point where, like, again, you know, I'm sort of framing the game as a first half and second half, and I'm not going to get into really my problems with the second half because that's a conversation for for once this game is out there uh, and more sure, people sure, have sure. played it. But you don't think that that's, uh, whatever your problems are aren't so big that you're, like, holding back your recommendation? No, no. Like, the enthusiasm okay. for the first half is, like, so effusive that, like, the problems with the second half, like, in the most truncated uh, Vegas terms, are that it ends up going back on some of Resident Evil's worst tendencies from the last couple of games gotcha. um, in a way that the first half is, like, very grounded about being and focused about you being stuck in this house yeah. with a, a fucked up family and, and you don't know what's going on. And, like, there's it's just a lot of the mystery. It's, like, a lot of horror. Like, the mystery is mm-hmm. the fun part. When you start to you know, pull, you know, to, to get to the center of the onion, like, th- it's not necessarily not so as, as interesting <laughs> as, as uh, when you got started. Um, not a perfect metaphor. Um, the zombie but, uh, onion, when you get to the center yeah, of the, the undead onion. It gets onion. a little rotten in the middle. There yeah. you go. You know, nice. that's it. Yeah. Uh, but just, yeah, the switch to first person, like the, it, everything about it is just, I'm I'm so excited that they decided to do something as bold as this because it clearly right. paid off creatively for that. That's like, even even nice. as someone who's like, uh, like a, a fair weather Resident <laughs> Evil fan like myself, I like, I'm excited that they're doing cool new shit. Like that's just always going to get me excited is when a big company takes a risk um, because that's not a thing that you see that often in the AAA space anymore. And so... Uh, when you, I, you know, swing for the fences and, and you'll impress me at least a little bit. And, and so I'm glad that they did that. Though I guess, you know, that Resident Evil 6 was also them swinging
swinging for the fences and they swung for I guess a fence. They were swinging for different fences. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Pick, uh, yeah, knowing what your thing is is like a really tough uh, challenge. I think when you're when you have a big budget, and so I appreciate that they like took the time to say like, okay, what do we want Resident Evil to be again? And like they found it. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, uh, I think there was a you know an argument could be made that uh, as the series went on, like they with Capcom thought Resident Evil was was you know. Like big spectacle, like umbrella corporation, yeah, uh, like all, like all, all these, all, yeah, all these yeah. things were Resident Evil, and like really, what Resident Evil was like at its core was like, you know, isolation in a place right. that is scary and uh, in and which you realized, feel alone. right, and like realized, a place that yeah. feels like it has like it, not realistic, but like. It, it feels compelling because it's it, it every room feels distinct and like a room not like a first person shooter where sometimes it feels like the rooms only exist to get shot up yeah. right like yeah they're just oh, combat scenarios is, yeah right exactly where it's like every little every dining room in you know or every bathroom every like every little room oh right that's the room with the statue in it like you can make those that's so much of what my early like fandom around around not just Resident Evil but like interesting survival horror games had always been around like I'm going to divide this place up into rooms in my head. Clock Tower did that. Like, ever, so many games, yeah. and this is, which has, like, an adventure game background, too. Of just like, okay, here's the scene. Cool. Here it is in my head. I really like the stuff that I do in that room. I'll solve that puzzle. Like, that, that stuff was all really cool. So, glad to see that they're they're dipping their toes back in into, into that direction. I hope that they do something else cool after this. Like, I hope that they keep playing around in the same way, and that, like, we're not three games away from complaining about the the new Resident Evil trilogy getting stuck in its ways and being born. Yeah. Um, although I'll, well, we'll I'll certainly I'll certainly take three games uh, like sure. this. You know, like if they do the same idea of just, hey, drop you off in some other corner of the Resident right. Evil universe that is cannot at what's happened but gets to do its own thing, like essentially right. be a sequel. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns but not be a sequel. And it's really, you know, your your remarks about the sort of geography of the the original games and other other just sort of like survival horror games that by virtue of their contained spaces and their detailed spaces like force you to sort of memorize, not memorize, but just like you become so familiar yeah, you because you are forced to. Like, it is actually... It's like a real place. Yeah, right. it, it, is, mind, it yeah. is shocking how small Resident Evil 7 is. Like, it is right. unbelievable. Like, looking back on it, like as I was examining the maps and like running it through in my head, like it is a tiny game, but it yeah. but it's dense, and and that's like the difference nice. between like Resident Evil One and Resident Evil Six is like is is Resident Evil Six is throwing everything at the wall, and you're constantly moving from section to section where Running nothing on is memorable. They're just spaces yeah. that you're going through, and weird shit happens. Like uh, Resident Evil One and and Resident Evil Seven, what they like. They focus on it's a different approach. It's it's not as much as an action game, but it's it's a sense of like every room matters and like you're mm-hmm. combing through them and like I can in my head walk through all of uh, Resident Evil Seven and tell you exactly where each path goes and like what it leads to. Um, and I found that to be like a real hallmark of a survival horror game where it's like I can do that in my head. 
there was a moment I all this is making me remember that that I, I've some part of me has wanted this Resident Evil game for a decade. Um, did you ever beat the first Condemned? Oh of you? yeah, yeah, loved Condemned. So the first condemned ends with this like I'm going to spoil the end of the first condemned. That's fine. Well, I'm not going to spoil the Throwing very my end. my headphones off right now. No, okay. it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> you should really um, spoil the end of Condemned Two because that I mean, is the oh, much weirder I, one. I think they both actually. You're right. Condemned Two has a, has the weirdest <laughs> ending of any game ever. People should go look that up. Yep. The actual end of Condemned One also goes there. If I don't know if you're yeah. like all of a sudden like what is happening? Why are these weird enemies <laughs> I'm fighting? But before it makes that weird like yes. supernatural twist, there's a there's a boss fight inside of a single house um against like a, a slasher film like killer basically who's chasing you around the house and you're kind of chasing him around the house and that's after you've spent some time investigating the house and trying to like piece together some clues it's only like you know the, the investigation probably takes 30 minutes and then the boss fight is probably you know 15 minutes or something but playing that game a decade ago i remember leaving it going like this is a game this whole thing is a game like build cool mm-hmm. weird little like houses that are creepy and and like that you get really intimately familiar with because what you ended up doing in that boss fight was like I know this geography better than you. And he, of course that's not true because the other thing was an AI and right. it, it knows it like as well as anything can know it. But like that was how you, to succeed it, it meant reaching a certain level of mastery of understanding what hallways connected to what, where the stairwell goes, stuff like that. Almost Hitman style. Of like, okay, oh, yeah. I know the geography here. I can utilize that. And so like anytime a game asks me to, to have that is already cool, but then to do that and also have it be really scary is fucking great. So I'm excited to, to check out. Yeah, the, 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 I can't the, wait. The one, yeah. the one last point I'll make is uh, the, and I mentioned this in, in my write-up, um, is that it's smart about like the, and this is a non-mythology speaking, but how it nods at its history, um, which is to right. say they don't necessarily in this game completely get away from sort of the bizarre esoteric puzzles from uh, uh-huh. previous games. How many eagle keys do I get? How many? There's a lot of gems. I remember the gems. There's, yeah, a, lot of gems. there's a lot of stuff like that without getting into what exactly um, you're doing because the discovery of that is is some of the fun. Um, it, it what it gets away from is making those a pain in the ass to solve. But oh, awesome. but what the game does is it incorporates them as a way of making this house seem very strange and and weird. Um, but it's also a nice nod to people who've been with the series right. for that long to realize like, oh right, like. I've, I've seen I've seen a crest on a door before. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh-huh. And uh, but like and, when and you actually game... think through that, it's actually fucking weird, right? Like if you woke up in a house today <laughs> and you had to find like a weird like marble yeah. like claw and put it into a wall or some bullshit. <laughs> you'd be like whoever built this house is fucked up. Like yep. so so there is you know, and the one thing I'll say to this and I'll end my point here because otherwise I'm going to get too close into wanting to talk about my things that it actually does is that. You, one of your first encounters with something like this, like the most Resident Evil, Resident Evil thing um, from the 90s, your character just openly remarks like, who builds shit like this? Good. And yes. it's like, it's just exactly what people have been like saying in their head about this series that they right. love and also go, who builds this shit? And it's yes. just, nice. it's, it, it, sh- it show it's like the benefit of having a rich history and mythology and like right. built in knowledge. Like that's the benefit of having something like that. And it's them deploying that in a smart, funny, interesting way without getting bogged down in the bad parts of it that they, they have often found themselves uh, right. falling it's into the over the years. Rare instance where they both lampshade their own history while also yeah. correcting it. Totally. So that it actually is better. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Totally. Oh, oh it sounds so good. That sounds good. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I highly recommend I don't have, I don't have a clean pivot here other than I also have a game I think I recommend, yep. or at least I recommend, like you, I think the first half I, I have a few surprises about, which is I beat a video. I beat Gravity Rush 2. You beat a video game. I beat Gravity Rush 2. Patrick, I think you also played through it. I did, yeah. I was like in a rush to try and finish that before 
A rush. A rush. Resident Evil 7. A gravity ah, rush. Ah, ah. I was in a rush too. <laughs> um, well, you just made it worse. The gravity of the situation. Okay, of this, I quit. Of this uh, entire oh, I thing. fucking quit. <laughs> the um, that game is fucking good. It's also that game makes the worst. First, gravity Rush Two just came out on PS4. Um, it makes the worst first impression. Like oh, I no. think that the oh, first my. three uh, or four of, hours of like a game of maybe the past five like, years. <laughs> if I didn't, if I didn't just trust, like it, it took a deal of faith I haven't had in a long time. A leap of faith, you might a, say. A leap. Of, uh, <laughs> yes. A, I don't have another pun. It's that was I'm drained thinking about the beginning of this game. So like this is a game that eventually gets to places that are like bright and colorful, and it's all about like moving through the air in a combination of fall and dance and flight, and like the beginning of that game is literally you stomping around oh, in. No like a metal diving suit. Um, and then like, you don't even get your, and like that's a, that, that alone, I'm not going to disc. Cause I think like the, the, uh, the juxtaposition between like, Oh, I couldn't move fast to like, Oh boy, I fly is really cool, but it just takes a long time to go from that to you flying around. And then to you flying around in places you actually give a fuck about. Like the whole introductory arc is just kind of rough. But if you get to that first city, like there is, it is joyous in a way that like I wrote about diaries for spaceport janitor, where it's oh, just yeah. like, music and life and the the it's bright and colorful and the the uh, the kind of architecture of the city so i guess I'll, I'll back up a little bit gravity rush is a game in which you play this character named cat who can control gravity but she doesn't have like a complete control over it in the sense that she could just fly around like superman she just kind of like looks at a place and goes like oh that's where gravity is now i'm gonna get i'm gonna fall and just kind of that. propels her way there yes. like she <laughs> she flails like right. as you fly in the sky she's not elegant she's literally right. just sort of like waving her arms and legs around (laughs) exactly every now and then she'll like you'll boost and like she'll like well i'm gonna steady myself and like look kind of cool for a second but it never really gets to where she's like (laughs) superman or neo at the end of the matrix or something you know what i mean like she's always just falling which is great um and so the the first game came out only on the vita and had a kind of a limited uh they did a remaster on the ps right they did that remaster correct sorry about a year ago um and and i think that that game was like that game took place in a really cool looking city too and the the mechanics are really fun um but i think that this uh, i don't know i guess i don't want to just say it's like more of the same but i think the things that it really still has from that first game are like it's fun to be in that world and to deal with the side that's the characters in that in that universe the flight just feels good the fighting is like is like not especially deep or anything but it moves at a pace and with like enough uh, uh, there's enough variety in how you want to like get through a fight that you never feel like you're having like you're never in a slog. It's never just like a boring beat 'em up. Nice, yeah. Because I'm always able to just like, okay, I'm gonna like hop on that building really quick and then like charge up a super attack and like nosedive into this crowd of weird enemies and blow them all up. Um, <laughs> so I beat that game two nights ago and I still feel unresolved about it in the way that that feels. I get that feeling a lot when I beat a game I wish I could spend more time with. Um, and I, I ended up feeling that way here, just like I wanted to be in that world longer, even though I think it has some problems in terms of like side quest design can be a little boring every now and then, or like a little repetitive or a little, a little mundane. I still like want to just have the cutscenes in that game happening and still want to be able to fly from one of these giant city centers to another. Um, I, I kind of like got off my point there, but like the, the thing I actually wanted to get to is like these cities are like 
broken up into districts, like cities are in video games and often in real life, but they're not attached to the ground, right? Like everything in the world, I mentioned this a few episodes ago, is floating. Everything in the world is, is unanchored from the ground. Um, and so there, it's just like, oh, here is, here is like the cool entertainment district. And then like over there on a different floating fucking island <laughs> is the industrial zone or whatever. Yeah. Or like if you go up uh, at the very top is the military industrial complex of this area. <laughs> so the, I'll say this, that like the, the game has already, you know, obviously this is a thing that's known already, that the um, Gravity Rush 2 has both this new city in it and also the city from the first game, oh, Hexville. Okay. Um, and what's really incredible to me is that like the new city is so much more interesting in its design because it leans into verticality in a different way. Um, where, like Patrick said, at the very top, it's like, oh, the military base, which is also just like a huge military gunship, is way above everything else. And then, like, a little bit under that is, like, the business district or, like, the the kind of, like, super wealthy area. And then a little bit under that is the, like, marketplace and kind of, like, the middle class. And then, like, deep under cloud cover. You really gotta is, go, you really gotta fall for yeah, a long you time. You really gotta go. <laughs> that moment, to me, was, like, the, was so fucking good, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you I mean, Patrick, you and I have been talking about trying to write about this at some point. You'd send me a letter today. I'll kick I it off and we'll try to write about it. But <laughs> Guardian Wars 2 hits class in a way that I did not expect even a little bit. That's rad. Um, you know, you show up to this. You do the intro, which is like very anime and very like you're on this trade ship. Basically, you're on this ship of people is who. Is the galaxy cat still there? I just need to hear. Yes. Okay, great. Dusty great. is still there. Dusty. Um, okay. And you, you're like mining for ore, basically. You're part of this like group that does that. And then eventually the story leads you into this first city. And you're like, oh, wow, what a cool, bright place. Like, everything is great. Uh, and then eventually you're trying to, like, track down someone who stole some of your the, uh, the ore that you'd mined. And it's like, oh, yeah, they must be down in whatever the name of the undertown is. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just go down there. And, like, you look for it. Like, I don't see it anywhere. I have a mark on my map that says to go 2,000 meters or whatever down. And, like, there's just clouds down there. Like, I think if I fall, I'm going to die. And you fall and you fall and you fall and you fall. And, like, it goes. Like, that distance is so smart and good (sighs) at communicating how far away these people are from, like, what – the the life the bright the colorful bright, happy, right yeah. exactly kind of like the postcard version of that city is and then you finally get down there and it's like slums all hanging off of each other on these things that are precariously placed they all feel like they're gonna fall at any second um, and that moment is really good and then like it doesn't back down from that shit and again we'll write about that this week Patrick nice. so I don't want to get too deep into it but like yeah but it's it's just it's surprising uh, it, it could have if it had just done the aesthetic choice right. of like dividing up the you know using the city design to uh, stratify class and and like display that in like a, a way that's a very tangible aesthetically. Yeah, like that would have been interesting in and of itself. But and then, where, where, where it goes like beyond that is like actually having the both the main storyline and uh, like some of the best side quests are the stuff that have you interacting between the classes and yeah. Um, and it would you know we'll probably get into this in our letters, but you know the fact that like the character of like cat like she's not super developed. There's not a lot to super, her. She's right and. She's, she's, she's mostly is like a blank slate, but she's like she's also like very cheery and optimistic mm-hmm. and wants to help people. And so she what makes her an interesting contrast to the rest of the world is that in a, uh, a society with a lot of class, like uh, people sort of know what their class is and what their yes. like, quote unquote rank is. And like they kind of operate there. And whereas Kat comes in and like interacts with everyone and just doesn't understand like. Why are the rich people being dicks to like the nice people <laughs> down below? And like she's just so oblivious and, and ignorant to it in a way that's uh it's it's really charming because she right. just wants to help people. And so then as a player you get to interact between those classes and you're 
your character revolts in a way that's a little bit different than the way that Kat does, but it's she provides like a nice perspective into the world because she she comes in without sort of any preconceived notions of who these different people are, which ends up being really interesting too because you know that was a game before I even got to the class stuff, but even throughout I kind of was always just like fucking cat you have got to stand up for yourself a little bit people are just constantly <laughs> asking you to do some shit and like not get credit for it or whatever um and also is like that blanks like character who they do a good job of it at one hand like kind of shouting out her ability to not have any prejudices but also in that story specifically they don't make the mistake of falling into the trap of saying like well both sides are good like her takeaway isn't yeah. like but the rich people were nice to me too it's like mm-hmm. like push them to shove i have to take a stand here and yeah. like make a choice and that was actually really cool to see them lean into it that way or like to, to actually follow through uh on what was already pretty good and that so that was that was a, a big surprise and then like i just also think that that game does scale in a way that is exceptional there that's a game that despite being bright and cheery made me like gasp occasionally at the way it was willing to lean into um, scale and character design and the bosses like the bosses in this game are fucking well, unbelievable it's, it's funny nice. I, you know I, as much as I like the Gravity Rush games uh, I uh, despise them because they have taken the creator uh, of the series away from the horror franchise Siren um, which yeah, is also well. <laughs> responsible for um, and Every he's talked now about, and then, he's talked about how he's, he's, he's been upset through, that he hasn't though. been able to make any horror games while he's made the Gravity Rush games. And in this game specifically, uh-huh. like, you can see it seeping out. Like, you can see where he's, like, <laughs> driven sure up a wall can. by the some fact that he hasn't. Oh, th- there are some creatures in this game where you're like, bro, go make a horror game because, like, it's just seeping out of <laughs> you at this point. It's unbelievable. There was a bit There was a bit when I was playing it a couple nights ago where I, like, put the controller and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think specific, yeah, like, without getting into, like, what is actually happening there's specifically a boss that is like city size attached to a building that you're just like oh, fuck man even beating fuck. it is gross <laughs> yes well, and that's the thing that they that they do so well throughout is like I, I going back to the thing that we were talking about with Resident Evil 7 and becoming familiar with the location the thing that Gravity Rush 2 does again and again and again is it makes you super familiar with the location and then it fucks it up and so like you get a you get a, an intuitive feeling for like where the clock tower is or where the the military gunship is supposed to be or something like that and like it, that when that stuff shifts in some way because of the story it feels really cool. Um, I, you know I, I think there's some weird stuff in it. Like again, like I, I think the the final act is actually really strange and and, and, ba- and I think your the, your line bad. that you messaged me like, I think it's just bad. Like I think I think yeah. it ends poorly. But I, I think. Again, I don't when I get into spoilers because this game just came out. But your line to me that you sent privately that was like, they seemed to realize they were probably not going to make a third game, and the 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 last act of this game where it all kind of yeah. falls apart and seems extremely rushed and just shoved <sighs> into this game. It seems like it seems like they're acknowledging like there's probably a good chance we're not going to make another one of these. So let's just find a way to send it off. Let's like get the lore dump out. Like if you want to know about what the real shit is about this world, we're gonna. We're gonna just dump that in there, yeah. And uh, that's cool. Have fun. And that's uh, that's. I'm glad that we. I'm glad that they. I'm glad that they got that stuff out there, but also wish that they had not done it at all. I would almost. Uh, yeah, because you. It just the. La- it makes the last like six hours feel like a real slog, as opposed yeah. to like there's sort of a, a natural end point for the game before there it keeps credits going. Roll. Yeah, and it felt really good, and it was like a fine place to to end, but. Uh, I mean, even outside all that stuff, the game does all these really smart uh, little pieces, especially for making you more familiar with the geography. Um, yeah. There's um, this system that they have in where you uh, 
these what they got treasures i think they're called yeah treasures um which are, are basically like occasionally there's a side quest that comes up where you can uh you have to use a photograph to uh that you get this tiny little photograph that shows you a tiny little slice of the world and then if you find uh wherever that is there's like a little apple that you can kick open and sometimes there'll be a costume sometimes there'll be gems like there's just you know, sort of stuff to treasure. find, but like the it, the the, the reward is actually more about like solving the puzzle than it is. Okay, there's actually... a billboard here, and there's a big building and a water tower. Where is this? Okay, it's within this radius. Uh, there it is, and that feels really good. Nice. That would be one thing if it was just that. But what's brilliant about it is the game dynamically places these throughout the environment, yeah. and uh-huh. then uh, so uh, it basically it piggybacks off of players. So when you find a treasure. You have found that treasure. I, I assume this must all start with the developers took a photograph. Yes. But yes. once a player has found that, the player then takes a photograph themselves with an in-game camera, and you're trying to show a hint for the next person who comes along. And oh so then God. you'll see in the corner while you're playing, like, hey, man, like your buddy on your friend list just took yep. uh, a screenshot of this treasure. Like, Do you want to go find that? So you'll click it, and it'll warp you over to that area. So, like, it puts you in a nice confined space so you know you don't have to go too far to Vaguely find it. Vaguely where it is, yeah. But then, like, based on your friend's photograph, uh, you have to try and find this item. And then once you find that item, you take a photograph, and it just kind of keeps perpetuating throughout the world. And as you're playing, you get notifications when other players find an item based on your photograph, which is just such a cool feeling. That's a cool feeling. And it lets you, like, I don't know if you did this ever, Patrick, but, the, you know, the, the camera system has a tripod. You can, like, do selfies, basically, yeah. with it and as you play and get more treasures like the things you're getting are like more costumes more props for your photos yeah you so can like you can like lay down like boxes and like right. curtains and all this other this weird shit in your photos it's such yeah. a fun little like and it's so on point so on tone with what that game is which is fun and like it's all about like oh i have these weird abilities i'm going to use it to be goofy and fun and help my friends and play and like that's what that photo mode feels like which is cool so. I, I cannot wait to play this. I have it sitting on my system right now. I cannot wait to play this. It's Damn. it's really good. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think we have to we have to wrap now. I forgot that I forgot that we have to go to a meeting. There's oh. a very important, an meeting. important That's vice right. meeting. The vice state of the union is happening internally here today. So we are going to cut it early today. No question bucket, unfortunately. But we we'll did a lot extra of bucket questions. Next time. We'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll get the extra big. We'll get the extra large bucket yeah. next time. It'll be great. Uh, until then, uh, I'm Austin Walker. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Danielle? I'm Danielle R I on Twitter. Uh, what about you, Patrick? You can find me on Twitter at Patrick Klepek. Awesome. You can find everything that uh, Waypoint does at waypoint.vice.com, digitalpyramids.com, new.donk.city, bazinga.zone, waypoint.zone. You already know what it is. Twitter.com slash waypoint. Uh, you can find every video we do both on the website, but also this is a, a hot tip for those of you not in, in the United States. You can go to youtube.com slash waypointvice where none of our shit is region locked. We're working on the region locked stuff. <laughs> yeah. Internally, it's, kinda, it's out of our hands. We're working it's, on it's, it. Yeah, I'm doing my best. That's, Trust. that's why it's all on YouTube. You it's, can watch oh, but it you can there. go to YouTube, youtube.com slash waypointvice and see everything there. Uh, our stream archives, we have a Hitman archive up. Patrick has some Let It Die stuff up. Uh, and then finally, shout outs to, to Tim Barnes. Yeah, who Tim. Is, is producing the podcast. The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi yes, of Audio. Yes, he is the Last Jedi <laughs> of Audio. The Last Jedi of Audio, Tim Barnes, Tim Barnes 451 on Twitter. And shout out to Bowen for letting us use his theme song, or use his song, Miss You, as our theme song, yeah. off the EP Pale Machine, waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. You can find out more info about that there. We will see you on Friday. Have a good week. Peace.
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 